Let's get this bitch started. I said we got this. Flow stupid, yet the rhyme's so brilliant. Never could you bring the kid down, I'm too resilient. And fuck them biting ass niggas who be stealing. Y'all niggas copy my style like a chameleon. I'm a Brazilian, that's one in a million. Too high for ceilings, it's how I am feeling. What the blood clot? How did all these nug rocks have me looking dumb hot with my eyes all bloodshot? Now that's a mugshot in the making. No need for ovens when you're waking, baking. Yo, 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 welcome back to another episode of the Hip Hop Heads Podcast. H Cubed up in this bitch. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We're back with another episode, man. This week, we is coming with again another regular episode. We're just going to talk a little bit about what's going on. Also, we're going to ask a, a couple questions that uh, we have written down that we thought were pretty thought invoking mm-hmm. and things of that nature revolving around hip hop. So, we're going to touch a little bit of every base today. You know what I mean? Keep it cool and lighthearted as we usually do. Right, you know what right. I mean? We want y'all to enjoy the listen, of course. Yes, so, sir. definitely. Thank y'all for tuning in, and you know what I mean. We gonna we gonna we gonna keep we gonna get it rocking early, man. Let's 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 go ahead and dive into some of these these conversations. All right. Well, let's go ahead and start with with the pettiness that's been going on. Uh, Irv Gotti apparently was on Drink Champs and it said a lot of sideways shit that got a lot of people upset. Apparently, he is of the opinion, and I'm actually gonna pull up the little junk because I got it. I don't want to be wrong in what I say. But right. he said, they, uh, Irv Gotti believes that Jay-Z is the sole reason why Rockefeller Records was successful back in the day. And that Dame Dash did nothing but play a minor role. Let me see what he said. He said, Dame Dash has been removed from uh, the Jay-Z Book of Hove library exhibit to which he replied, I don't know. I ain't seen it probably. I don't think Jay likes Dame. I mean, <laughs> that's kind of old news right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, he said that Jay didn't need nobody. He said Dame started Rockefeller with Jay and Biggs so that he could get credited. But I'm saying the making of the records, I don't know what you want me to say. Jay didn't need nobody. Hey, I mean, you know, here's the thing, right? And it's always going to sound a certain way when somebody that wasn't necessarily in the building, you know, is saying these things because, mm-hmm. you know, they're probably, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm sure everybody has a little bit more insider knowledge than than you know your, your average fan would quite possibly yeah but but at the same time this is also somebody who um you know saw him as a competitor and as as looked from the outside in so mm-hmm. i'm not gonna say he's completely off because yeah. obviously we don't know but i will say this right mm-hmm. i will say what i was saying earlier before we started the show that to play devil's advocate or i guess the side where i've got you on this it kind of does make sense based off of based off of Dame Dash's uh his personality and how <laughs> yeah how he kind of treats people where I mean let's be real like I I've like if if you had a friend that spoke to you like Dame Dash spoke to you I don't know if y'all would be friends for too long unless you're a very you know somebody who could take a lot of shit and just you know let's just slide if you Oh yeah no nah, me if me and Dame had been friends or somebody like him had been friends we'd basically come to blows a long ass time ago yeah for sure and um and you know you if you look at every time that he's been partnered with somebody in anything mm-hmm. almost in any every single situation mm-hmm. it almost always ends sour you know what i mean that is and who's true. the co- and who's the common denominator at the end of the day it's always you dame. Know what i mean it's always dame now because remember he had that know, thing with lee daniels he was fighting him over or something that he owed him money for some tv or movie or some I, shit exactly that's what i'm saying like 
Like there has to, and don't get me wrong. Obviously, like I said, we don't know the ins and outs of it all, but we just looking at the common denominator here. Yep. And it's always Dame. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like it's very rare that a public relationship of his um ends up being something that doesn't end up in, you know, a bunch of, you know, craziness going on. Yeah, that so, is fucking true. It's kind of sad too, because it's like, yo, you burn bridges everywhere you go. Like, how many friends do you actually have? Like, how many like people that like actually care about you are there in this world? If I you mean, treat everybody I, like shit, you know what I'm saying? I I look at him as somebody that doesn't really care about that kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I feel like he kind of has you know his his family if or or whoever his select few, mm-hmm. and I feel like from from the sound of it, right, it sounds like everybody's expen- expendable to him. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. and that's like. You know what I mean? But I mean, again, everybody can't be expendable because at some point down the line, you're gonna need somebody again. For sure, for sure, and um, you know, I'm sure life has its ways of teaching Dame a little bit of that. But <laughs> nonetheless, back to what Irv said. I, you know, I, I would say that we really don't know. You know, at the end of it, at the end of the day, unless Jay Z were to come out, and, and to my knowledge. He's never. He hasn't really spoke on Dame Dash in a long time. No, nah, he hasn't. But then again, that's Jay Z. You know what I'm saying? He don't yeah. really speak on much of shit. That's true. That's true. So, you know, it it it'd be interesting to hear what he got to say about it because I'm sure that you know if you're a hip hop fan uh, and you were in that era, you you know about uh, Jay Z and Dame Dash. Oh and, yeah. Um, the conflicts that they've had and mm-hmm. and just Rockefeller as a whole. You know what I mean? Like if you're a Dipset fan. You already know that it was fuck Jay Z for a little while, you know what I mean? Because, mm-hmm. because you know, at that time, that's what that's what Dipset was on, that's what Cam was on. Um, I mean, shit, and, and that yeah. same shit with uh, Freeway and Beanie Siegel, right? They had mm-hmm. issues with that man too. Exactly, exactly. So, but they also managed to get right with their issues. You know what I'm saying? Not just be like fuck this nigga all the whole time. Like they had their issues with him. The beef lasted as long as it did. They, you know, got together, squashed it, however they squashed it, and mm-hmm. it's not an issue now. But, like, that's something... That I, I just don't think that Dame Dash can, uh, like, ever apologize for shit. Like, well, he, no. and, and those are the worst supreme, kind of people ever. Yeah, he's a supreme narcissist. He always got to be right. His point of view is always the best one. Uh, he was talking about... Was, he was on The Breakfast Club talking about, if you ain't working for yourself, you you stupid or some shit for yourself. Like, I don't know. It was something about making money and the amount of money and something. something. I was like, but nigga, how much money are you making? Because who wants to work with you? Mm-hmm. And on top of that, right, like, I never see any of Dame's projects that he's pitching whenever he goes to anywhere <laughs> become anything more than just a startup. Yep. Never. Let's be real. He, he he talks about these networks that he's building. He talks about a bunch of shit that he's building, and it almost sounds like he's just a really good job at selling dreams to people. That's you know I mean, I mean <laughs> at this point, that's what it seems like, right? Because honestly, ever since Rockefeller broke up, Dame Dash has done nothing relevant in hip hop that I'm currently aware of, except talk yeah. shit and be a troll. And and that's that's what I'm saying. Like you know what I mean? Like what has he really done? You know. To, to feel like he can, you know, move how he moved mm-hmm. when in reality, like you said, everything that he's done that's ever been noteworthy has been attached to Jay-Z yep. to an extent. Yep. So, again, mm-hmm. I, I know that we're not in the ins and outs of uh, of the industry, if you will, none of that, and we, don't, we only know what a fan knows. Yep. So this is just from a fan's perspective, but I will say, like, if I had to, you know, decide on which side I agree, I, I would say maybe Irv is... is probably telling mostly the truth yeah i can see that but again like just like uh dame irv you like you said you got to take everything with like 
like five dashes of salt and shit. Pun intended. <laughs> exactly. So, no, but that's a fact. That because that's another nigga that be uh, lying too and just be talking shit. Herb Gotti is another one. Yeah, and he's he's another one that just needs to sit down and 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 basically <laughs> shut up and be happy that he and, can rest on some of the money that he actually has after the police and the government came for him. That's what I'm saying. Like at that point, just be an old man and cool out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Let's be real. I want to say he's in his fifties at this point, probably. Right? Yeah. What you got? What you, what you got to earn from starting shit at this time and in this age? You know what I'm saying? Y'all are not the hottest rappers out here. Looking, people are looking to have beef. Don't nobody care about no beef that y'all got going on. Y'all just sound like the old grumpy ass man right now, sitting on a sitting on a fucking rocking chair on the porch, talking about. Well, I remember back in the day, this nigga couldn't do shit without me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and dog, and, and nobody takes people like that seriously. People mm. kind of just look at them for an uh, in-the-moment, kind of spur-of-the-moment type of thing. And, you know, you, you're not viewed with respect. You're more so a spectacle of anything. Exactly. You know I mean? Exactly. Because, first of all, why would you throw dirt on the name of someone who helped, who enabled you to make millions of dollars and well, put who, who, your name out there? You're talking about, who, who are you talking about? I'm talking about uh oh that that was actually directed towards name dash. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. But um yeah. but um in Irv Gotti case, like it's like <sighs> I feel like Irv is just mad because nobody came and really rode for him when the IRS came. Yeah. But who the fuck gonna true. ride for you when it comes to Uncle Sam? Don't nobody Hell, fight Uncle listen, Sam. Listen, bro. The most loyalist gang members of any fucking clique. As soon as Uncle Sam coming around, that's the one you don't want to smoke with, okay? That's right, that's because that's the nigga who something. got all the power. As I'm sure a lot of y'all know, you can get you can get away with murder, you can get away with rape, mm-hmm. you can get away with fucking dismemberment, you can get away with a lot of crazy shit in this fucking country. But what you're not gonna get away from is Uncle Sam. Exactly. It don't matter what's going on, he and he laying the hammer down. He coming for his. Sure. So, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you can't expect people to to have your back or, you know, like like that, especially when a lot of them niggas is probably doing a lot of the same shit. Exactly. Exactly. You know what I mean? So why why would you fuck with somebody who could come here and lay the hammer of Thor on your ass? Motherfuckers always testing. That's why I was that's why I mean, it's it's completely off base. But that's why I was like, yo, why all y'all motherfuckers go after these PPP loans? Y'all say it's free money. It's not free money when it comes from Uncle Sam. Uncle Sam always coming for his. You know, it's crazy, right? I really thought people had a scheme where, you know, they somehow would get away with it. Mm -hmm. But it turns out all these people were just taking these loans and just dealing with the consequences as they came. Yep. I didn't realize that, that, that it was as simple as that. And I'm like, yo... Y'all that was fucking. That's like, the only like, tactic they had, dog. What you mean? <laughs> nah, dog. That's insanity, dog. When I when I really listened to it and, and kind of understand what was going on, like I said, I thought there was a a legit way to do it, but I guess niggas really were just like, ah, fuck, it, I'll deal with it when it comes. Niggas in. was out here creating whole fake companies, <laughs> applying for these damn loans, and then <laughs> out here buying luxury cars, taking luxury trips and shit. First of all, if the government gives you money, and then you know they can basically... I feel like they can just track that shit. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure they can. You know, like, you're going to sit there and look and be like, okay, well, what is this money that we sent for, you know, like, what is it? Coupon Unlimited to... what? Are, what like, you know, let's go ahead and see what they what they tax bill looking like. Oh, wait a minute. This is a startup company. We gave them PPP loans to help them out. But all we see is records of 
cars and jewels and all and trips mm-hmm. to places like motherfuckers like what what is this and this agency is supposed to be helping children learn what the fuck exactly right <laughs> nah bro niggas nah. is stupid niggas was acting real stupid over the loans and it was just like how many motherfuckers have to get caught up in the in the scam for motherfuckers to realize it's not even worth it dog it's not but see here's the thing though i feel like and again you know it's easy for us to speak from a perspective where thankfully we don't have to do these kind of stupid shit, right? Facts. But niggas get used to living a certain lifestyle for one reason or another. Mm-hmm. Niggas get used to certain shit and that just becomes what they're used to. Yeah. So now they're like, you know what? I need to have this shit so I just worry about it when it gets here. I'll take whatever chance I can get. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And it's usually so. just a stupid chance. Like for real. Like like some chances can 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 be good and you can ball out off the outcome. And some yep. chances are just doomed from the start. And niggas is willing to take a doomed from the start chance on the me, off uh, chance that they're gonna beat beat the system. Let me just say this, man, and I'm sure you guys have heard it a million different uh, d- different times in different ways, right? Mm-hmm. If shit seems too good to be true, it usually is. Yeah. Let me tell you about this one time one of my coworkers, whom I thought was my man, right? Now, granted, I was probably like. 17 18 at the time ain't no shit mm-hmm. green is grass you know what i mean yeah and and my co-worker you know he was a little bit older than me and da, 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 and he tried to get down there everybody in the company to uh essentially have him uh uh do some uh check frauds on their accounts uh- like the whole little <laughs> And, you know, I was like, he was like, yeah, dog, I could get you like, you know, 2000 if you just let me put this check in your fucking joint and let me get your card. And, and at first I was like, yo, that like, I think I might want to try that. You know, that sounds yeah. legit, right? Come to find out, listen, bro, anytime anybody's talking about free money, uh-huh. just just keep walking, bro. And when just this nigga walking. said, let me get your card, wait a minute, nigga, fuck you yeah, need my card for? Yeah. I can make the deposit. <laughs> or, or, or on IG, the people that be like, we'll turn 200 into 2,000, 500 into 5,000, just send us the 500, we'll send you 5,000. Why would they need to send you five? Why would you need to send them 500 if they can send you 5,000? Yeah, that don't make no goddamn sense. You know what I mean? So None whatsoever. Yeah, man. It, it's a lot of people out here that are desperate for money, though. You know what I mean? And they'll make these stupid decisions, right. i.e. getting a, a you know, a, a, a IE, IED loan. Is that what they call? PPD loan? Oh, the PPP loans, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. Or any um, kind of loan, really, because motherfuckers will scheme off of any kind of loan they can try and get. Nah, that's a fact. That's a fact, but. But yeah, yeah man. man. And what, 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 what we still talking we, about? We still talking about Irv Gotti. At this point, Irv Gotti just need like like we said, sit down, shut up, be old, and enjoy retirement, nigga. Please, uh, please. Because <laughs> I th- I think most people are just tired of hearing from Irv Gotti. Like Irv Gotti has not been. He ain't really been again, just like kind of like, like a love figure. Yeah, he ain't really been a beloved figure or worth much of anything. Not even like money wise, but just like. As a person, because we ain't heard, we ain't really heard nothing from Irv Gotti in the last ten years, but bitching and complaining, or saying this person did this, this person did that, blah blah blah, being in other, being messy in other people's business. It's so crazy how people from the same era can be doing business, uh, or can be doing two different things to stay relevant. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like this guy is out here essentially being a gossip queen, out here giving his old old wives' tales out and shit like that. Uh-huh. And, you know, you might have somebody like Dr. Dre or somebody of that caliber who is probably around the same age, if not older, really. Uh-huh. And, you know, still making moves, still making business moves, still making millions of dollars. You know what I mean? Still, but I mean, still living. Look at, look at an Irv Gotti versus 
uh, um, who did you just say? Dr. Trey. <laughs> God, the memory. Um, <laughs> Dr. Dre is essentially the exact same way as Jay-Z when it comes to shit being out and talking shit and, you know, just really just being in interviews and all that other shit. Right. Irv Gotti used to be on that level of the big producer, the big man in charge of the label, blah, 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 blah. But I feel like even if Jay-Z or Dr. Dre had fell off and right. wasn't doing shit musically anymore, but they were still like, you know, looked upon in hip hop and blah, blah, blah. I don't feel like they would be going on all these podcasts and little TV shows and shit talking like all this extra shit about everybody. I feel like they would still keep it 100 the same way that they do it now. For sure. And it's just like <clears throat> how many other big producers or, you know, the big time label people back in the day are just quiet and don't say shit versus how many of them be out here acting like Irv Gotti. I mean, because you got to think, right? There's way more incentive nowadays to do it than back in the day. You know what I mean? Yeah. Nowadays, you can have a whole podcast, a whole following based off of you just kind of being this clout chasing old head, for lack of better terms. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so back in the day, you might have you might have got clowned on. You might have got disrespected from, mm -hmm. the, you know, niggas in your hood or whatever. But, like, it, there was very few benefit from it. But nowadays, like I said, with... With everything that's available, with everything that can happen to you or that can come from it, it's like, yo, like, niggas might actually look at it as a come up. True. A to come but up, it's only. stay relevant. It's like. Uh, I forgot the point I was getting ready to make, but it was like something along the lines of, like, Jay Z and them could easily do the same shit. You know what I'm saying? Right. But they're not worried about getting, trying to get that bag because either they're still working. <laughs> Or right. they can rest on the laurels of their past work. Really, either one of them could do, Dr. Dre or Jay-Z. They ain't got to work no more. You know what I'm saying? No, But they absolutely. still out here doing it. But see, I feel like that goes to show, you know, some people would look at that and look at and, and think greed. But I don't look at it that way at all. I just look at somebody who's always been a hard worker, who's always been somebody who gets goes after theirs, doesn't yep. complain, mm -hmm. you know, doesn't, you know, voice themselves out to the public. They just keep their mouth shut, keep their head low, and keep going forward. And, and and it's not about pleasing the public, and it's not about pleasing everybody else, but it's about, you know, achieving what they want to do achieve. Mm -hmm. So I feel like when you look at it from that perspective, you know, you look at guys, like I said, like, you know, we just mentioned Jay-Z, uh, Dr. Dre, shit, even Eminem, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like Eminem, as of recent, I'm, I'm sure he's, I'm sure he doesn't have to do shit nowadays. You yeah, know what I mean, and he does, he does very little talking, and he, these are people who, you know, legit, you know, had to work for, you know, being where they got to. Yeah, you know, and I'm not saying that people like Irv Gotti didn't, but you know, it's still not a way that you should handle yourself as an older person in hip hop. You know, it always says you gotta, you gotta, you gotta age gracefully in hip hop. Mm -hmm. One of the few things that from Joe Rogan that I've agreed with him saying, <laughs> I feel like. And it's it, ironically, he's. I mean, I guess he's doing a decent job at it. I mean, but, uh, Joe Rogan is Joe Rogan. Sometimes, or, no, Joe Budden. Oh, Budden. Joe Budden. Oh shit. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Joe Budden. He has his moments. He has his moments, but that's. But I guess what I'm saying is like, mm -hmm. like that was one of the, one of the things that I will say. He was yeah. spot on, aging gracefully in hip hop. And again, somebody like Jay Z, perfectly. You know, somebody like Kanye, not so perfectly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, just people who you know as they get older. There's very few things you can say about them. You know, they're raising their family. They're being good fathers, whatever they got, you know, whatever they're doing. So, you know, yeah. it's, it's, 
It's definitely two blueprints. No pun intended. <laughs> I like that. I like that. <laughs> All right. Well, that was that was that was a good way to end that. So I'm not even gonna bring up shit else. Right, <laughs> <sure>. <laughs> so we already know that Tory Lanez got sentenced to ten years for the shooting of Meg The Stallion. Mm-hmm. Yep. And now Meg The Stallion's uh, victim statement against Tory Lanez was now released, and I mm. am going to read it. Let's hear it. Multiple story time. <clears throat> story time. Story time. Story time. Uh, one of one of the and um, the comic book niggas I like. He's always like, I got a story time for you. Story time. Story time. Story time. <laughs> <laughs> it says, I have been tormented and terrorized in every degree by the defendant. He not only shot me, he made a mockery of my trauma. He tried to position himself as a victim and set out to destroy my character and my soul. Today, I beg this court to send the message to every victim of domestic violence and fully hold the defendant accountable for his criminal court. This is a statement for all survivors that their lives matter. There is zero tolerance for torture that accompanies violence. His crime warrants the full weight of the law. Thank you, Your Honor. Okay. And I'm just, I'm over here like, Whew, shit. Now, hold on. Let me see if I can pull up the whole... Because they have the the statement, but of course, it's in somebody's Twitter profile. For sure. And I can't read shit. I left my glasses upstairs. But... So, what I read was just part of it. It says, Dear Honorable Judge Hereford, I struggled with being present today. I don't want my audience or my absence to be interpreted as anything other than the preservation of my mental well-being. After everything that occurred, I simply can't bring myself to be back in the same room with Tori once again. I want you to know that since I was viciously shot by the defendant a little over three years ago. Damn, three years ago. That's crazy. Christ. I have not experienced a single day of peace. I have been tormented and terrorized in every degree by the defendant. Not he not only shot me, he made a mockery of my trauma. He tried to position himself as a victim and set out to destroy my character and soul. He lied to anyone that would listen and paid bloggers to, dis- to disseminate false information about the case on social media. He released music videos and songs to damage my character and continue his crusade. He treated my trauma like a joke when I could have died that day. Mercy can only be granted to those who accept responsibility for their actions, but not once has a defendant taken accountability. At first, he tried to deny the shooting ever happened. Then he attempted to place the blame on my former best friend. In his tantrum of lies, he blamed the system, blamed the press, and as of late, he's using his childhood trauma to shield himself to avoid culpability. For the defendant, uh, oh, excuse me, sorry. Uh, For once, the defendant must be forced to face the full consequences of his actions, of his heinous actions, and face justice. If the defendant would be, would have spent a quarter of the past few years showing contrition for his crimes perhaps i could have healed sooner instead i spiraled into a dark and angry place where i thought my life was worthless and i felt loneliness and shame slowly but surely i'm healing and coming back but i will never be the same however every day i think the i think of the others across the world who are victims of violence and have survived if i truly Oh, it is truly the most powerless feeling, especially when you question whether the justice system can truly protect you. Fortunately, the district attorney's office fought for me. I'm incredibly grateful to them for the jury and uh, for their attention to the attention to this evidence and siding with the truth. But if I can hap, 
But if it can happen to me, imagine those who lack the resources and support uh, system to help them. Today, I beg this court to send a message to every victim of violence and fully hold the defendant accountable for his criminal conduct. This is a statement for all survivors that their lives matter and there is zero tolerance for the torture that accompanies violence. His crime warrants the full weight of the law. Thank you, Your Honor. Wow. That's a very heavy, yep. definitely, statement. And, and obviously, in a very heavy case, a lot of different you know, shit put out there. But, you know, I'm going to just say this, right? And again, I'm going to say the same thing that I said, that I've said from the jump, and is that, yeah, he got proven guilty, right? But there was a lot of things. And again, that's the thing about the justice system is that, you know, it's, 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 it's like literally, it's flawed to the sense that if it works in your favor, great. And if not, then it usually is a travesty. Yeah. It usually is like a disjustice because, you know, the reality of it is that, you know, I personally feel like we still don't know exactly what happened just because of the many different things, such as the best friend who was in the car, her changing her story up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Such as um, I think one of the witnesses at first saying he didn't see, but then saying he saw Tori true, something like that. Like yeah. there is still a lot of gaps I feel in this case. And I feel like, you know, obviously her being, the the uh the victim in this case i'm sure her lawyers told her look man let's you know be as harsh as you can be you know what i mean and i feel like for her to just and again if it happened as as she says it did and you know maybe she has the right but like i don't know man like it's just i feel like there's so much that we still kind of don't know 100 that's it's it's crazy but on top of all that right I still do think that, like, the way Tori handled it maybe, you know, further made him look like, you know, look like a bad guy in front, yeah. of, the, in front of the judge, yeah. in front of the jury. And I think all of that matters. You know what I mean? All of that matters in, a, in, the, in the defense case is that you want to make sure that, you know, whoever is the one that's doing the sentencing for you at least has some kind of compassion for you, some kind of leniency for you. Uh-huh. And obviously, if you don't show any bit of remorse, even if it's – uh. Even if you didn't do it, you know what I mean? Like, um, I don't know, man. Like, on top of that, you know, the whole thing about him calling Meg from jail and saying he apologized, you know, like, all of that also yeah. just was probably not the best thing to do. You know what I mean? Like, And you damn should, near that uh, whole fucking album or mixtape or whatever the fuck it was, plus yeah. all the interviews he gave. Exactly. So, it, he obviously didn't help himself out. I don't know what happened in this case, to be honest, but like I said... He's been sentenced to 10 years. Mm-hmm. And, she, you know, she gave her statement. She had every right to. And, you know, I, I just hope that at this point, as much as it's going to be easier for Meg to do than it is obviously for Tori. Yeah. But I hope that, you know, they just move forward with their careers and, and that this isn't something that's attached to either of them. You know, because even if, even if let's just say, right, Meg is a full-blown 100% no questions asked victim in all of this, it's going to suck for her to have to deal with this being attached to her legacy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because for a long time, it's it's, it's gonna be on it. Like when, yeah, no, this is gonna about... follow her around forever. It's probably gonna follow her around more so than it's gonna follow him around. You think so? I think so because of the way people reacted and the way so many people were just like, "Nah, Meg lying," blah 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 blah. Like okay, that yeah. was heavier than oh, Tori out here lying. Right. That That's was true. that was mad heavier. So I feel like. 
just like in the case of like a, a a whole Me Too type joint. Some girls, you know, a girl says something against a dude and fucks up his reputation in the court of public opinion, even though in the court of law it was proven that he didn't do anything. Right. But you're still going to have that stain because everybody's going to be like, oh, well, you know, everybody is here for the drama, but they're not here for the resolution. So most people are going to hear about what happened versus about what the resolution was. Yeah, no, that's true. And honestly, people don't really give a fuck about that, to be honest. Exactly, exactly. Because what they say, what did, what did Charmaine say? The lie is always entertain, more entertaining than the truth. Yeah, that's a fact. And it's kind of like, you know, at the end of the day, you know, whether we look at it or not, however you want to look at it, but these people, for the majority of us, are entertainment. Yeah. We don't know these people personally. Nope. We're in this to get our satisfaction mm-hmm. for the drama that we all crave as humans. And just because you, you know, follow them on social media doesn't mean that they know you, that you know no, them. No. Half of these people probably are totally different in their real life. 100%. I guarantee it. 100% because there's no way that they could be like that in real life. No. And don't get me wrong. There are some people who, sure, you know, they are who the fuck they are. <laughs> and, and I'm sure we all we all know them. We, we know but, old Gucci. Old Gucci uh-huh. was that was really old that. Gucci, 100%. <laughs> you know, I would even say Cardi B is probably one of them. And 50, like 50, 50 Cent. 50 Cent is one of them. Yeah. Exactly. But again, it's it's a very small fraternity yeah uh i feel of people who who i can honestly say are just themselves yeah on uh as their persona but yeah man like it's yeah it's, I, I forgot what the fuck i don't even was. know but that victim statement was a lot yeah it, it was, was it was a heavy. whole lot it um, was heavy and it was very weighted like to stomp on tory <laughs> that's what it was dog. that was a fucking stone cold stomp right there yep all right, well, you know, Meg came out on top in this anyway, so, you know, good for her. Tori, you know, Tori got to serve his time. Tori shouldn't have been opening his mouth and been all yada yada out here in the streets. But, I mean, mm-hmm. you can't tell niggas what to do because niggas is grown-ass niggas, and they're going to do what the fuck they want to do. But oftentimes, it lands them in some shit like this where you yeah. get more harshly punished than you probably would have been even if you're guilty of the crime. You know what I'm saying? Because you decided to go out there and open your mouth and talk sideways about everything and everybody. No, that's true. And again, sometimes you got to put your pride to the side. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just look out for what's best for you, mm-hmm. regardless if you if you want to look like you did it or not. So Exactly. But, hey, well, that, that saga is now... Or- I feel like that, that was literally a fucking uh, uh, Dragon Ball Z-style type shit. That shit just kept <laughs> getting dragged on and on and on. And now the final battle already fought and... And everybody is done. You know what I'm saying? And, that, and part two of that is going to be the YSL case. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's the next That's the next part in the saga, right? That's the next saga, bro. This joint that's was, GT. This, yeah, this joint was the Namek joint. This is going to be the Cell saga coming up. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm telling you, bro. I'm telling you, dog. See how we mix that nerd shit in here with hip-hop? Y'all love it. Hey, love it. you got to. Hey, you know what's funny, though? I feel like a lot of rap fans and a lot of rappers are on love some nerd shit too. Hell yeah, facts. Especially it some Dragon hand- Ball Z. Y'all know. <laughs> Come on, it man. goes hand in hand, bro. Facts. It goes hand in hand to it a lot really of in a lot ways. You know, because I was looking at that right. How like, if you really think about it, anime and hip hop are both kind of like motivating kind of things in a sense. Yeah. Because most anime, you know, you have like it's it's a triumph story most of the time. Yeah. It's, it's mostly like somebody who, you know, goes through trials and tribulations and eventually becomes their full potential mm-hmm. to beat whatever the fuck they got to beat. That's exactly. usually the uh, the formula for, for animes. 
And I feel like it's kind of similar with, with hip-hop, with rappers. Yeah. Like come, coming from the bottom, the whole idea of, of they didn't believe me, now I'm here type of shit. So. And then you got to go ahead and fight all the niggas that are just as powerful as you are for that number one spot. Exactly. And all that other shit. Yeah, that shit look... Ah! The connection is there and undeniable. Okay, yo, we vicious niggas. Stop hating. Stop hating. Please stop the hate. No bull. Now I love this this conversation right here. So apparently, Mr. Travis Scott not only is breaking records with his with his album sales because I just heard that he broke another record with his album sales, Mm. um, but he also broke Drake. Drake. <laughs> he broke he broke Drake's yes. listeners on Spotify records. So now he has surpassed Drizzy Drake by the amount of people who are fucking with him on Spotify, listening to him all the time. I find that interesting. I didn't think Drake would ever lose something like that, especially not to Travis Scott. But I mean, I mean, I guess that means that there really is something special that people fuck with with Travis Scott like that. For sure. I mean, maybe I, mean, I just don't get it, but you know. Look, I'm gonna be honest with you, right? I think that there is not one artist bigger than Travis Scott at the moment in hip hop, yeah. in hip hop. And I'm talking about not the hottest, not like who's the hottest up and coming, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the biggest, who's getting the most money, who's bringing the most people out, mm-hmm. who has the craziest, most jam packed shows. I give that to you. Yeah. Like, let's be real. Right. Like at this point, I don't think Travis Scott is doing arena shows. He's doing stadium shows now. Yeah. Mm hmm. You know what I mean? Like at this point, every last show that he's done leading up to this album has been stadium shows in Europe, stadium shows in some parts of the States, I want to say. You don't really see arena show like Drake is an arena artist right mm-hmm. now at the moment. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he's he was just went on a, on an arena tour with Twenty One Savage. And you know, again, that's still great. But I do think that Travis Scott is just a step higher than that. I think it's obvious that the Astro World shit isn't gonna affect them at all. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I want to say I just seen that his uh, third week sales is still like one hundred eighty thousand. Yeah, that's which I think, is I think that's what I saw earlier because I was like, he's still breaking <laughs> records with this album, and I ain't heard really shit about it. Like, what the hell? Hey, somebody's listening to it, dog. I'm telling you. You know, and and you know that one eighty third week is I want to say higher than any rap album in the uh, last had, like five years, probably. Mm, well, nah, because Drake is Drake released. So, oh well, Nicki Minaj's jump just hit number two, and I don't even. I I know it's over like one sixty. Right, but even then, you know what I mean? Like that was her first week sales. Yeah, this is his true. third week sales. Oh damn, that's true. You know what I mean? And yeah, so I will say that I feel like this speaks on. It really speaks on his impact that he has on the industry. Mm-hmm. Because if you have high numbers the first week, but second and third week, it drops off drastically mm-hmm. to the point where nobody's listening to it. Yeah. It kind of speaks that that album came and went. Yeah. But if you're still pulling numbers week three, week four, then people are rocking with your shit. People are listening to it. People are streaming it. So, you know, your numbers keep staying afloat. You I know mean, what I mean? As popular as Drake's last couple of joints were, I don't know if third week they was still almost like if they was at almost two hundred. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't remember check. hearing that. I'd ha- I definitely have to check. But nonetheless, like I said, just look looking at the stadium, looking at their concerts, mm-hmm. looking at their tours. I think that says it all as yeah. far as how big an artist is. You know what I mean? That's because facts. we look at a we look at a Beyonce, we look at a Taylor Swift, all of these artists that perform. And uh, in in state in stadiums, facts. No. Stadiums. I mean, they sometimes you know, they'll do arenas, Bunny. but I mean, like, yeah, Bad Bunny been <laughs> in stadiums. Beyonce was in a. She was just in a stadium here. Bad Bunny was mm-hmm. in a stadium when he was here. 
know yep. what I'm saying? Nationals. Not Nationals many, Park. I mean, shit, even, um, what do you call it? Uh, Wu-Tang and Nas, they're, they're going to, uh, to the arena this time instead of Jiffy Lube, the outdoor uh, joint. And, and that's what I'm saying, that, like, there's, there's literally levels to it where, mm-hmm. like, obviously being an arena performer it's not a bad thing it's At a great all. thing because you still got thousands you know what i'm saying tens of thousands mm-hmm. you know what i mean now obviously stadium is, is is a way bigger thing um, you know obviously somebody from spanish culture aventura or, or, or romeo santos mm-hmm. so it's, it's it's you know it's a handful of artists that that can do that and uh and actually set it all out it's a handful of uh, artists all over music period i think it is no yeah. matter what genre it is but yeah sure. specifically in hip-hop there's definitely a small handful of people that could do and rock an arena i mean a a, a stadium show like that mm-hmm. and i mean there, i mean i actually i know I, i'm pretty sure there's more artists than i'm probably giving credit for but to me some of them might be older artists not necessarily the newer artists that are hot right now but I will say this though, right? Bringing it back to Travis Scott, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that the music that he makes is fit for a stadium uh, tour. Like it kind of makes like because it's it's more like you know high energy and high paced mm-hmm. than you know your typical traditional rap uh, rapper. I feel like that in itself would give it you know more of a reason for people to want to go to his concerts. That's true. You know, and, and the on top of that, on that crazy shit is probably wild in the fucking stadium. Oh, for sure. It must be crazy. Yeah. You know, like, honestly, I've been to a Travis Scott show, and it was pretty lit. And, and But th- this was this was early on. This was uh, during the, the uh, rodeo joint, okay. uh, which was at the Fillmore here. So that was definitely before. That, that's the crazy part about it is seeing him perform at a place like that mm-hmm. and then seeing him, you know, perform in a stadium. Yeah. Fucking crazy. Honestly, it was – It's. I think it's weird like that period because – like we've we've talked about it before, where some artists we think thrive better in smaller venues. For sure. And like I'll say, <clears throat> I saw J Cole at the Fillmore, and right. then turn around a few years later, and he's got you know arena. He's all arenas out, and I'm like, all right, that's great. But with J Cole and the vibe that he is, he's the only nigga on stage. Ain't nobody else there but him. It's like, to me, I feel like an arena would take away from that because there's so much extra space. Versus what he's doing there. I will say this though, and I'm sure you agree with what I'm about to say. Mm-hmm. While that is true, I still think he does an amazing job at making a big show still feel pretty intimate. Yeah, I will like, give him like, that. Like the way he interacts with the crowd with a uh, with a big audience, it makes it feel like it's the crowd's a lot smaller than it actually is mm-hmm. because it actually feels like he's still talking to you personally, like you, like you might feel at a smaller venue. Mm-hmm. So I will say that. Out of all the artists, I would say that J. Cole is one of the better ones at doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah, not every artist can do that. Yeah. Like that's the crazy that's the crazy part about it, right? And I'm sure you've had this experience where you have artists that are some of your favorite artists, but they're just not great performers. Yes. Oh my God. I know you've had a few experiences like that. That blows you, that blows so fucking hard. And you know, sometimes you might just catch them on the wrong date. You might just catch them in the middle of a crazy you know, week two uh, of the tour or whatever. You never know, right? Mm-hmm. But it has happened to me where I've, like, you know, seen a band or seen an artist, and it just it didn't live up to expectation. And, and it, it, honestly, it hurts as a fan. It does. It really fucking does. And honestly, it's it's kind of off off. It's on topic, but kind of off topic. When you, like, you have a band or a group that does 
a subpar job in your opinion and then they don't play the shit that you want to hear oh my god and it's some of their classic shit that's the that's just a kick in the chest like it's a fucking from uh clydesdale and shit you know what i'm saying shit's gonna 100 hurt like shit it's gonna take me off my feet you know what I'm saying? because you know i understand as an artist you know you want to perform your new shit that's your point. The part of the point of touring mm-hmm. is to you know show your new shit out to to live audiences or whatever. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, dog, let's be real, dog. You gotta give the audience what they came for, mm-hmm. and it's very rare, right, that an audience is uh, uh, is gonna fuck with your new shit the the moment it comes out every like, single song. Unless you're a newer artist, that's, <laughs> that's it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Especially if you're an older artist and you got certified hits that people want to hear live, Bruh. Give give them what they came for. And, but 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 not like the but one of the joints that kills me is in them trying to do that type of shit is that they'll hit you with like one verse from one of your favorite songs yes and, and then move to the next joint and the next uh. joint is another classic and they hit you with like the first thirty seconds of that bitch and then switch it to another joint I'm like nigga I need to hear these songs yes especially when I specifically love the third verse mm. are you serious and you perform the first two how and you, not the third one how you just gonna stop at my favorite part like that just you get a fucking blade to my heart nigga a blade to my heart yo you know you are so right bro and that is something that artists love to do and I don't understand why bro that's like a, especially hip hop that's something that Busta did when we saw him perform with Wu-Tang cause they gave mm. him like his own little set even though they was on stage with him and shit too but he right. only he only did like I think he did all of like past the Cavassier, like give me some more, put your hands where my eyes can see. But then there was just a bunch of short clips of shit. And I was like, bruh, Buster, you got catalog you got catalog, dog. Mm-hmm. And the first time that I saw Buster, he performed all his shit in fucking full and then went off on like a fifteen minute freestyle shit. Yeah. See, I was that's like, what bruh. I'm talking about. That's what I'm that's and that's performance right there. That's being Facts. able to really perform, keep an audience and, and and you know make an audience fall in love with you. Exactly, and it's that's just really him what... and Spliff, him and Spliff on stage. Mm. That's it. That's all oh, it yeah. usually is. And then, oh my god! But again, when niggas can rock the show by themselves and it and it's just vicious, like Nas by himself at Jiffy Lube, nigga, tough. You know how big Jiffy Lube is. He yeah, rocked the fuck out that shit, and then had the nerve to come out with the Georgetown fit, nigga. Damn. Mm. Damn, that was a good show. I'm sorry. Damn, you know, definitely if you're if you're from the area and you know how big Jiffy Lube is, mm-hmm. for him to be, you know, you know, for one, for him to I feel like cause his music is a lot more like like chill, toned down to an extent. Yep. But for him to be able to convert that into an amazing live performance, mm-hmm. again, it shows a lot of artistry. I think in his core, Nas is an artist. You know Facts. what I mean? Facts. You know, there's a, there's rappers and there's artists. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I do think that Nas is an artist. So yeah, man, it's it's I I don't doubt that at all. Honestly, I don't doubt that at all. Like knowing knowing Nas's music and know knowing how creative he is and yeah. how he's able to do shit. I'm sure I'm sure that was a uh, second nature to him. But going kind of drawing back, it is good to see that Travis is out here. You know, flourishing even after the other stuff that happened with the Astro World concert, the last Astro World shows. Right. It's just, it's not even just, what am I trying to say? Um, I guess just keep your nose clean, dog, because you already breaking records. Like, what, this is the third week in a row you didn't broke album sale records? And now right. you now you breaking Drake records on Spotify? What's next? You're going to probably have the most concert attendees or some shit like that. So For sure. Just make mm-hmm. sure your shit is legit. And honestly, I wouldn't have minded seeing him do a performance in front of the Pyramids of Giza. I think that would have been dope. That would have just yeah. looked vicious, period. Look, I mean... 
I feel like one of the, and again, if you're going to be an artist, you either have to have great lyr- lyricism mm-hmm. or you have to be emotion evoke, invoking some way, some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Travis Scott is able to do that, the latter, more than uh, the lyrical part because I don't think he's yeah. terribly he's li- not, lyrically. He's not very lyrical, but he's a showman-like <laughs> shit. He's a showman, and again, I just feel like he's able to manipulate his voice rather through his own you know, doing or through uh, uh, auto-tune or whatever mm-hmm. to, to invoke whatever emotion he does in the song and i feel like that's what makes him be able to connect with so many different people mm-hmm. and honestly that again it's it's either your lyrics do that or your tone of voice your cadence the things you say and how you say it mm-hmm. all of that mm-hmm. plays a role and i think that you know that's something that you know love his music or or not i think you can't deny that he's able to he's able to do that for sure facts facts so you know hey travis keep on doing what you're doing dog it seems to be working oh, yeah. seems to be it's working, working. Mm-hmm, for sure. <laughs> All right. Ice T says that classic hip hop is out here still selling out arenas and shit, and mm. I love it. And the fact that, like, again, we grew up with a with a, a classic segment of hip hop, and there's so many of us that grew up with that, and these artists that we didn't get to see as youngins because we were too young, right? And now they get to do the nostalgia <laughs> tours where everybody who was who was rocking their shit as a youth now can go see them in concert and they are getting fucking paid like shit. And honestly, they deserve it. You know what I'm saying? I I love it. I love it when, when the classic artists can come out here and go on tour and fuck it up. You know what I'm saying? They even said on this, uh, what LL Cool J got the tour going on. I think it's called the force tour or some shit like that. Right. He, He got the, him and the roots, I think are doing this tour. I think I saw that like them on, um, talking about it on the breakfast club. Right, and he right, said right. he even bringing Ice T out of retirement. Ice T gonna be on a couple of them joints. Ice T ain't rapped since like 1993. <laughs> That's when his ass got on TV or some shit like you know what yeah. I'm saying. Like, so it's 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 wild that yes, <clears throat> old hip hop again. Like I said, Wu Tang and Nas, their show sold the fuck out at Jiffy Lube. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure this shit is gonna sell out here at the even in the arena. Right. They had uh what the. The Rock the Bells joint that, that LL has been doing the last few years, that joint always sells the fuck out and looks vicious as shit online. I need to go see that shit next time For it sure. happens. But mm-hmm. I mean, like, what, what, I mean, I really don't expect any less from the, from the older artists that we hold in such high regard. And now a lot of the youngins are actually into these artists too. Because I'm going to tell you, I saw... Too many goddamn Beckys look like they was like 19, 20, 21 oh, at, the, sure. at the damn Wu-Tang show, and they knew all the words and shit. I was like, oh, okay, Bro. okay, this is different. And, you know, and I think that just kind of goes to show, and, and I, I knew it was literally only a matter of time for this to happen, right? Mm-hmm. But I feel like hip-hop entered into the space that a lot of genres were already in, in the sense that, like... There are timeless artists now. Yeah. You know, like, and I feel like there wasn't specifically because it, it, hip hop was too new. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like in other genres, you could look at artists that were out in the 70s and the 80s and the 90s that were, you know, fucking, you know, timeless artists that yeah. people still listen to to this day mm-hmm. and still enjoy the music to this day. I feel like rap has finally gotten to the age where it's, I mean, it, it was just 50 the other, you know, the other, the other day. Last week, yeah. Um, so yeah, so I, I think that that plays a big role in it. I think that's, uh, it, again, it kind of goes to show how hip hop is evolving and keep on keeping moving forward. It's kind of wild to think that we now have artists that have almost been out here and are in hip hop. They're about the same strength as 
the Rolling Stones. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? You two, you know, uh, Aerosmith, uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers. All of these motherfuckers been out here 30 plus years. Yeah. And all of them still be touring and shit. I love that it's happening for hip hop. I hate Foo that. Fighters. Yes, the Foo Fighters. I, I hate that hip hop always reached an age and then it was done. Like, you were <clears> done. I love how it is now. Yeah. And I don't even call it nostalgia shit. I just say it's good fucking music that is sure. that we can now go see. And again, it's shit that we look, couldn't see when we were younger. So, like, we, of course we're going to go see it now. We've been again, listening to this and, shit and for 25 usually, years. Usually these people, you know, again, are, are some of the ones that stand out the most. Mm-hmm. You know, don't get me wrong. There is the occasional, uh, you know, old school rapper that wasn't like the biggest artist that's still touring a little bit. Oh, that's but usually you, what, that's the that's the the screen tour. They get them niggas to go with like B2K and shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> niggas like, like just, this is why I'm hot. a bunch of men that in a big joint and just yeah. throw them out there. <laughs> Facts. And, you know, again, and again, that's what I'm saying that like, you know, you have the bigger name artists. <clears throat> like a Wu-Tang legacy acts, essentially. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, Wu-Tang. You know, even artists like The Locks. You know what I mean? Like, they're they're out here touring by themselves, yep. having shows. Bone Thugs in Harmony, you know, if you live in the DMV area, you know that they, they've they hit that Fillmore like two, three times a year yep. for like the last 10 years. Yep. You know that for a fact. And I've heard that every single show at that motherfucker has been it's phenomenal. F- phenomenal good show, always packed. For sure. So... You know, it's good to hear, like you said, these artists continue to at least, at, at the very least, feed their family. Because, you mm-hmm. know, show money, I'm sure it's probably not the same that it was before. Or maybe for some, it's even more now. Yeah. Obviously, like when we, when we think about the stadium shows and the Wu-Tang and shit like that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the other, the other artists, it's good that they're able to continue to at least, you know, put put uh, bread on their table and you know, keep it pushing. Shit, even, these, uh, even the smaller hip-hop acts, the ones that don't have that many things on the screen tours and shit. I mean, that does nothing but, of course, put money in their pocket, but also strengthen those the power of those one or two or three songs that they had that was really hot. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. And yep. it's, 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 it's good that everybody can eat. We're always in hip-hop. I got to have the most. Nobody else is going to eat. I'm going to eat everybody's shit, blah, blah, blah. No, everybody can eat in hip-hop. Young, old, new, you know, whatever, whatever. Motherfuckers, everybody can eat in hip-hop if y'all just fucking... And it's not even about them working together. It's just like... Just let other niggas live and like don't don't I don't what the fuck am I trying to say? Just let let everybody eat. Everybody has the position to eat. Let everybody eat. Don't be trying to block nobody blessing. Don't be trying to you know cause problems and shit. Just let everybody eat because everybody. Well, why would you be against someone else having success if you already got your success? Like, and that's that's really what it come down to, bro. Right? You know what I mean? You just gotta enjoy your blessings and let people get their own. There you go. Fuck it. There you go. All right, so. Apparently, Ebro is out here trying to give good advice to rappers, and usually I I, I have to raise my eyebrow at Ebro giving anybody <laughs> advice. Facts. But, <laughs> but this ad, this advice is not horrible. You know what I'm saying? He said, uh, "Let me say." He called on rappers to up their creativity as major labels are allegedly turning elsewhere to find their talents. He basically said, "I got a call saying it should be noted that many major labels." have been deprioritizing signing rappers. The focus is now on signing African music and Latin music rappers. So y'all better stop being boring and talking about the same shit over and over again, chasing TikTok success and comment sections. Facts. To me, that's 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 great. That has to be the best advice I've ever heard Ebro give anybody. 100%. And you know, I uh, 100% fully agree with what you were saying. Mm-hmm. 
I very, very seldom, I feel like that might be the right word. Yes, seldom. 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 Find myself agreeing even slightly with what fucking this, this man Ebro saying. I'm usually on the far opposite end, actually. I feel like hell Ebro's is slowly saying. freezing over while we're discussing this. You yes. Know what I'm saying? Yes. But for the first time, I will say, at least in my history, mm-hmm. I can say that I agree with Ebro in this case. Now, when you look at who are the biggest artists right now, right? It's not people who are rapping exactly like others. It's people who have their own sound. Mm-hmm. It's people who have their own style. They and may be I in feel- the same category musically as others, like in right. the same subgenre, but they're the best in that category. Not only best, but they, they, they're able to be uniquely different than other artists. That's why they're like, the best. Like I said. Like, well, yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. But but still, like I, I feel like you know, best is kind of subjective. In that a is sense, true. You know? That's true. But... In a sense that somebody sounds different than everybody else, mm-hmm. I feel like it's it's more like, for example, I think of Travis Scott. He has his own sound that's undeniably his, mm-hmm. uh, even though you know ASAP Rocky might think differently. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe a conversation for another day. There you go. There you go. So, but nonetheless, mm-hmm. at this point in his in his career, you know, when you hear his voice, you know that it's Travis Scott, and you know his name holds that kind of weight now. Mm-hmm. But um. I forgot what the fuck I was going with that. What were we talking about? <laughs> about niggas sounding the same? Yeah, all right. So, yeah. So, I feel like, again, if you're able to kind of have your own sound that's that's unique and true to you, I think that that's way more important. And honestly, it may be a little bit harder to break out and, and to have people fuck with you. Mm-hmm. But in the long run, it's going to be worth it. Because who cares, right, if you get a small following, but you're not able to, you know, really live up to your full potential because your shit just sounds like everything else. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I think that that's it's way better. It's way better to just take a chance on on some shit that most people might not like. Yep. If it's true to you, and you know, it's it's you're not trying to do what everybody else is doing. See, one of the things that I've never understood about these new artists these days is that I feel like they're just actively all trying to sound alike. And it was like back in the day, if you sounded like someone. You was biting their style, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. and that was something to be looked down upon. But now everybody sounds exactly the same because they're using all the same production techniques on their voices and shit. And so, also, right, you also got to think that it didn't happen as much as it happened as it happens now, mm-hmm. where um, one producer produced for ha- like everybody. True, you know what I mean. Like Facts. there was a lot of in-house production. Yeah. So if you wanted to get a certain sound. You had to go through the in-house. That's true, but like, again, it wasn't. He said all the motherfuckers were rapping about the same shit. Everybody does rap about the same shit, essentially, you know what I'm saying? Even back right. in the day, they rapped about a lot of the same shit, but they, they had it different, you know what I'm saying? But nowadays, right. like, you can listen to, like, I don't know, like, you can listen to three or four different rappers and get the exact same story from all of them. And, like, it's, it's like, I just heard this song, didn't I? See, and, and that's why I feel like somebody, like, you know, local artist, you know, Rico Nasty, mm-hmm. could, you know, pop off like she did. Mm-hmm. Because her shit, whether you like it or not, is different, mm-hmm. and she has the charisma to, you know, get, you know, on to, I mean, like, I, like I, I fuck with some of her her music, and I think it's catchy, and yeah, and she's gotten pretty big. She's able to perform. She's able to maintain a float and relevancy in the mm-hmm. rap game, off of being unique, and I would say true to herself. There you go. You know what I mean? Because she she does a lot of she incorporates a lot of like punk kind of music into her into her rap uh, music, mm-hmm. and you know it's she's you know stated that she likes uh, that kind of music on you know yeah on the side or whatever. So I don't know. I feel like when you're able to do you know unique shit like that, you'll find like it it'll usually work out better for you when it comes to that. Facts agreed completely. 
So, I mean, hey, Ebro, even the clock is right every uh, twice every day, right? A broken clock twice, is right twice, twice every day? Every, twice every day. That's about as much as I'm going to give this nigga because I don't agree with half of the shit he say. But, again, good advice from Ebro this time. Mm-hmm. Just be yourself, man. As an artist, whether you're a painter, whether you're a rapper, whether you're a singer, man, just be true to yourself. Mm-hmm. And if, if niggas ain't fucking with it at the beginning, hey. It don't even matter. Exactly. You'll you'll find your niche or your people or whatever it is. You know what I'm saying? There's the internet has opened up shit so much that you can be any kind of style of rapper that you want, and you'll anyway. find a fan base. You'll find a For sound sure. a, a fan base is what I'm trying to say. Sound base. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> nah, for sure. All right. And allegedly, King Von's alleged killer had his charges dropped. Now you you want to go off on that? Yeah. So. For those of y'all that have been keeping up with that whole case right there, um, you know, Lil Tim, which is Quando Rondo's right-hand man, his muscle, if you will, hmm. was, I believe he was arrested and charged with the murder of King Vaughn. Now, shit. I'm not sure, and obviously this is when he, when it happened, mm-hmm. but again, I'm not sure of what the specifics are. I don't know if they labeled it as self-defense, mm-hmm. right? Because... You know, if you listen to the story and how it happened, it was King Vaughn beating up Quando Rondo. Mm. You know what I mean? So being that it, it happened in, um, what did I say it happened in Atlanta? Mm-hmm. I believe that in Georgia, you could do something like that. Like you can defend somebody yeah. um, if, if somebody is potentially causing life harm to somebody that you, you know, you're with or whatever. Yeah, that's so, uh, they have laws like that in certain states. I think they have that law in Alabama, so I don't really know how many of them black people is actually going to get in trouble. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, no, nah, for sure. Power to but, people. Uh, <laughs> <facts>. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I'm I'm curious, and, I, and again, I would have to look it up, but um, I, I'm, if I had to guess, I'm going to say it's probably something like that, like that it was a self-defense type of thing Yeah, where he had his gun, he seen somebody that was getting harmed, and he felt like he needed to shoot, uh, kill him in order to save him. Yep. Now, yep. obviously, you know, Quando Rondo got all lumped up, so it fit the it fit the description, and yep. it looked like okay, this guy was beating him up, and he he was a threat. So you know, it, it's it's a crazy situation. You know, obviously, as most of y'all know, you know, people have always talked about Dirk getting uh, um going to slide for Vaughn, mm-hmm. and the reality of it is that while he may have ducked. A bunch of uh, time in jail or and shit like that for for his murder, he's still gonna have to watch his back probably for the rest of his life mm-hmm. uh, because and, and you know what like the reality of it is right and we've talked about it here before is that while we might love King Von right and his music or whatnot right the reality of it is when you look at it from a from an unbiased perspective, little Tim did what the fuck he was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. He saw somebody beating up the bag. Yep, and. Did not allow you to cause harm to the bag. He secured it, as they he say. He secured the bag, <laughs> as they say. So, you know what I mean? Like, you can't... I understand, you know, if you're a fan of Vaughn and all that, right? But you got to look at it from a reality perspective. Mm-hmm. He didn't do anything wrong. As a matter of fact, he deserves... Man, he deserves a raise, whatever it was. You Facts. know what I mean? And Truth as tragic told. as the situation was, like you said, nigga did his job that he was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And it's just it's it's to that point, you know. Like I'm here to protect my niggas getting slumped. I'm going to slump. Yeah, one hundred percent. Exactly. So it's tragic you know, that it had to handle that way. Yeah. But again, he defended his man's. Like he I'm never, his man's. I'm never gonna go 
and talk shit about somebody who was defending their peoples. You know what I'm saying? Especially when the other person was the aggressive uh, party. And your man was getting was getting lumped in the street. Yeah, you can't. You you gotta do, especially if you have a gun. Yeah. Are you serious? Like like I get like if there's a bunch of them, but like you have a gun and your man is getting fucked up. Nigga, he's the reason why you're over here getting paid. Mm-hmm. So you better fucking do something. Exactly. So, again, you know, everybody know what it is. And and honestly, hopefully, right? Hopefully, mm-hmm. King Vaughn's side or whoever, you know, views it that way and sees that King Vaughn is the one who went up there looking for the for the problem. Mm-hmm. And hopefully it ends at this. But the reality of it is, we all know, it's probably not going to be the case. Yeah. It's probably going to be a lot of violence along with it. Retaliation hope- and shit, yeah. All that shit, man. But let's hope it don't, man. And I guess, you know, shout out to uh, Lil Tim for, you know, again, doing what he was supposed to. And it seems like the law felt the same way. Yeah. And I'm not mad at it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it is what it is. There you go. All right, y'all. We don't really have no. um, This is the end of the show. My bad. I meant to say that first. Welcome to the end of the show. (laughs) That's all the topics (laughs) we got for today. My only suggestion is y'all go on Instagram and try and find. This video from the 49ers and Denver Broncos preseason game where this one nigga in a, in a, in a, in a Jerry Rice jersey. Is it Jerry Rice? Jerry Rice? Isn't that, yeah, is that Jerry, the right Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice. Yep. See, I, I know the last name, but I couldn't remember the first name. I'm with that with <laughs> athletes all the fucking time. I'm sorry. Uh, Jerry, dude in a Jerry Rice jersey. The clip that I saw, and I only saw it from one angle, and I know there's multiple angles. But the dude, like there was a problem. They looked like they was going at each other. And then the dude in the rice jersey tried to step away from the ship. And there was this tall, lanky Spanish dude who insisted on aggravating the problem, right? So dude (laughs) comes up and he hits dude a couple of times from behind as he's trying to go up the steps. And dude literally mushes him from the chest (laughs) down and into some chairs. Like just he falls and goes down into the chairs, right? Dude gets back up and attacks him again. This time, the dude in the rice jersey, ball-headed. I don't know if he was white or Latino. But he, at this point, has had enough. And he pushed everyone away from him. And he literally beat this man from a standing position to a laying position. He just started (laughs) whomping on him and his face. And he went down and fell onto the chair and was like half on the chair. And dude just kept whomping him. And he eventually just slumped all the way down to the ground and just stopped (laughs) moving. But... That's my recommendation. If you can find that motherfucking clip, find it. But yo, he like I said, he beat that man to the ground, hey. and it looked like nigga deserved it. <laughs> you gotta love when the motherfucker that deserved it gets the ass beat, man. Mm-hmm. You gotta love when that shit. Especially happens, since man. this man was like a little skinny, like he's a tall dude, skinny motherfucker, right? Just real small. Yeah. It's like a gnat coming at you and bzz, bzz, bzz. you're mm-hmm. like, go away, gnat. You hit it once, it goes away, it comes back again. Now you got to kill it. <laughs> you know At that point, it's a wrap. At that point, it's over. But that had to be oh, one man. of the most vicious one-sided fights I've ever seen in a long time. <laughs> like that man had a couple hits on him, but not while he was while now not while Rice was swinging back. Rice had the situation completely under control. <laughs> That's and then got up nice. and walked away like, okay, okay, I'm good, I'm good. <laughs> that, yeah, that's fucking hilarious, bro. So, but, all right, look, my recommendation is, man, the NFL season is right around the motherfucking corner. Mm-hmm. If I'm not mistaken, that joint is two, three weeks away, yeah. I want to say. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, is it? Yeah, two weeks away from Sunday. Okay. You know what I mean? So, definitely 
If you're a football fan, you're already excited about that. So I'm looking forward to my Tennessee Titans. <laughs> y'all already know what it is. Washington about Commanders. To win the, the Commanders, we're going to see what's popping with them. New ownership, the- baby. We excited. Hey, man, it might take a few years, you know what I mean, for that new ownership to get to get hey, a hold of the transmission, hey, you know what I mean? Hey, hey, they, they, got, they can take as long as they want. They came out talking the good, the right shit. They done greased everybody hey, up for this motherfucker. For sure. They might even do a whole motor replacement. Just hey, to, nigga, they need to. They need to replace the whole engine, the chassis, all the, the bumpers, the, the fucking fenders and shit. The whole car need to be overhauled. That's a fact. You might as well just... Trash it and get buy, buy a new one, one nigga. <laughs> you rich motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, at that point. But I, I will say it is tight that he's from the area. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah, I love it. And well, honestly, Dan Snyder was too. But he's like a bad one. Yeah, that's, let's be real. Like, if you look at the other dude, like he got more swag. He's mm-hmm. not like you know, he's not like a creep. Like like fucking what's his name? What's and he brought Irving Magic Johnson along yeah. for the ride. And Magic Johnson and this dude, they don't do nothing but make teams better. All that man saved the, the the new owner saved the 76ers the last couple of seasons. I want to say, yeah. Yeah, so like come on, dog. I'm ready. I you know what? As a as a lifelong fan, it's 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 just been too much drama and 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 hatred towards motherfucking Dan Snyder. So, I'm like I think as just any true Redskins Commanders fan is just going to be happy to see how we can do without that that uh right. That Wait Jerry Jones want to be ass motherfucker, for sure. Try, you know, fucking around and trying to insert himself in the team business and shit that he don't know about. You know, what becoming I'm saying? a celebrity owner. Exactly. Like this man seems to be just content owning the team, back y'all up on whatever decisions y'all want to make. You know what I'm saying? Put his little two cents in there, but not like, oh, well, we need to do this, or I'm just gonna sign this nigga no matter if you need him on a squad or not. And and that's why I want to say shout out to Miss Amy, uh, you know, the owner of the Tennessee Titans. <laughs> she took over from her father. He was a lifelong owner of the Oilers, turned Tennessee Titans. Miss Amy Adams, you know what I mean? She out here writing checks and staying out the way. That's t- she know what the fuck to do. She know what the she fuck to do. She doing it right. She like, look, I like football, but I'm not going to get involved in it. I'm going to let y'all niggas nope. that know the most about it. Like, I'm going to let y'all the niggas, that's, the niggas that I paid to mm. do it. Let me know what y'all need and how much y'all need. <laughs> yep. I got you. <laughs> that's it. And you love to see that. I love to see that, honestly. That's, those are the best. All right, y'all. Well, <laughs> we're going to bounce, bounce up out of here. So be good. And if you can't be good, at least be the best you can be. Hey, man, if you can't do that, man, at least make your mama proud. Goddamn right. You know what I mean? Shout out to everybody Start school this week. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? College. You know what I mean? Keep doing your thing. Mm-hmm. Semester, week one, you want to start on the right week. You don't want to start with a zero. So make sure you fill out. That syllabus, you know, yeah. the little joint that they be trying to trick you with, mm-hmm. that it's actually worth points. You think it's not worth points? It's Just worth do all points, that shit, nigga. my nigga. <laughs> it's Just worth do all points, that nigga. shit. You know? <laughs> you know what I mean? But definitely, you know what I mean? Like I said, end of the summer, you know, like I said always by my fat boys, it's because the end of the summer don't mean you got to put on that extra weight. Mm-hmm. Don't mean because the hoodie season coming back. You need to be back in fat, man. Come on, man. Let's get it together. And come on, nigga. Let's... You know you want to look good in the hoodie, too. You don't want to just want to have... You want to look you good in the a... hoodie. You don't want to have a tightness around the belly in the hoodie. You know what I'm saying? That looks terrible. Mm-hmm. You want... Dog, listen. And we can't just you continue want... to buy bigger sizes, dog. Listen, man. That large is fitting mighty tight on you, my nigga. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You might want to chill out. Mm-hmm. All right? So all I'm saying is, I don't care if the jackets and the hoodies is coming back. 
get it together, get it right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and if you do it righteously, by the time that you get to fucking springtime again and you could actually walk around with nice shirts and shit like that, mm-hmm. you better be that nigga. Exactly. She might even walk around with no shirt on, nigga. Shit. And by the way, use motherfucking turn signals, nigga. (laughs) Can't forget that shit. All right, y'all. We out of here. Love y'all. Take care of yourselves. Wash your hands. Wash your ass. You know, just be kind to each other. Don't be be fucked up, y'all. We out. That's it. Peace. Peace.